Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Why is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined by my guys, Nick Martin and Steven Thompson. Find us on youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Yesterday, Mike Tomlin might have broke the internet a little bit as he uh, said there's a big change coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That big change, we'll dive into it and whether or not it's really that big or not our thoughts on Tomlin's press conference plus Kenny Pickett might return just a week after injuring his knee against the Houston Texans what do we expect from the second year quarterback and at this point is it even a big deal if Kenny Pickett is out there or not and uh, two rookies get the start for the Pittsburgh Steelers in week five against the Baltimore Ravens some big names to watch it is a beautiful day in the burg. I went for a nice early walk this morning and it was just the perfect amount of crisp how we doing, my friends? I'm doing well. Like you said, we're we're on the verge of actually, you know, we we got through fake fall. Yes, we got back to back to 80 degrees, and now we're almost back to real fall. So I I'm in a good mood. <laughs> Nick, how you feeling, my friend? Oh man, the weather's feeling great down here in in uh, North Carolina, and uh, it I, I'm just ready to talk some ball right now. Talk some ball. Do you guys get fall down there? Is fall thing um, in the south? I'd say fall kind of starts closer to like October and November than anything else. And then okay. it's like right around like late December where winter starts to like kind of become a thing. But mainly around February when when, when winter starts to really show itself. February. Yeah, that sounds like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh winter starts about December 1st. Anywhere between November 2nd and December 1st ends anywhere around, you know, March to July. Yeah, yeah, somewhere uh somewhere in there. Um good times. Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, everybody knows what happened Sunday. Blowout loss to the Houston Texans. Mike Tomlin takes the podium after the game. He says, "Hell yeah. We're going to make some changes. Things need to happen. They will not put the same product on the field in week 5 against the Baltimore Ravens." Everybody's anticipating what this big change could possibly be. He takes the podium on Tuesday. He's asked, "Hey, what are uh, what's the change? What changes will come? He says physicality. I knew right away it needed to be physicality alluded to the fact that, that they will change their practice attire and add some padded practices early in the week. And I would anticipate that's today. And hopefully that will improve this football team. When asked about the coaching, he said, yeah, it wasn't good enough, but really redirected the question 
three or four times to put the blame on physicality, the fact that the players are not executing, and that Kenny Pickett has struggled. Well, seems like Matt Canada's off the hook. You guys heard it yesterday, Nick. Let's start with you. Your thoughts on Mike Tomlin uh, dropping a dropping a big change bomb there? Practice attire is going to fix the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't. I, I genuinely just don't understand that whole idea of just padded practices is going to change this offensive philosophy at all. Nope. When the fact that play design and sequencing is consistently just awful with this team. And it makes it really hard on Kenny Pickett. And also Kenny Pickett compounds the issue and it ends up worse than the normal. The only reason I could see padded practices being somewhat of a benefit is because um, the offensive line is lacking a little bit in like nastiness up front. Yeah, not necessarily. I didn't necessarily think they had a terrible day um, against the Texans, but definitely could use like more like nastiness up front, just more like pancake blocks, just setting a tone in that regard, because you got to set a tone in the run game. And a lot of times Najee is just trying to create on his own. That said, defensively, the corners absolutely need to be more physical because they are getting gashed really badly on the outside runs so much so that teams are just now targeting them at this point. And we saw guys like Robert Woods, like some of the best blocking receivers in the league, just absolutely take it to them. So I can see a benefit of padded practices, but it's not going to fix the, the the elephant in the room. We know what the elephant in the room is. It's back Canada. Yes. It's how Kenny Pickett's played. It's just something has to change there. Yep, I agree. Steven, what were your thoughts when you were sitting there listening to Tomlin yesterday? I thought he was messing with us. I, I thought he was messing with us. I, I thought like I I heard him say that and I couldn't believe that that, that was that was his solution, um, which like Nick said, you know, it's not a a completely ridiculous idea. It's it certainly could help them in some areas. But what are you going? First of all, why do you need this? Like this is this is a little yeah. embarrassing that a, a professional football team at this point needs padded practices to get themselves motivated to actually hit someone like that should not. That should not happen from the jump, and that's a, a pretty, pretty stunning indictment of this team to this point. Um, but then also, like, yeah, I don't think it addresses, you know, a lot of the really big problems that they've been dealing with over the past couple of weeks, which is like Nick said, like play design, the play of Kenny Pickett. Like, you're not, I, I don't know if pads are going to help Kenny Pickett, you know, get any better over the week, like make better decisions, see more open receivers, things like that. Um, that's I I don't I don't see how this fixes that problem immediately and gives them any kind of any kind of boost going into this Ravens game. I feel like it is dodging the main problem again by addressing something that that is a problem. Uh, like you said, I won't I won't deny that. But again, there's there is a much bigger problem that we are not talking about. Yeah, it's 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 as obvious. It's as clear as day. Um, what I took away from yesterday listening to Mike Tomlin deflect some Matt Canada questions and put the blame on the execution of the players and the physicality of the players is he has, he has acknowledged where the outside noise sits. He acknowledges where the fans are. He acknowledges where the, the media is. He acknowledges that everybody outside of the Pittsburgh Steelers facility and probably even some within it 
understand where the problem is and he has to do his best to deflect it. He is it's now like a it's now like a fight or flight situation and he is fighting as hard as possible to keep everybody calm and the best way to go about that is to just not acknowledge it. I think that's his that's what I took. Like I was listening there and I was just thinking Mike Tomlin is doing this on purpose. He is fully under he fully understands when, what everybody wants him to say how much everybody dislikes Matt Canada at this point and how much everybody is screaming and begging for him to make a change and he can no longer defend it. He could just go around it and ignore it and try to limit it. I mean, he started, dude, he started his press conference with a 16 minute opener and in that opener didn't mention the, mention the coaching one time. He did not mention the play calling once he just constantly talked about the players and how the players are not doing enough. He's the only coach in the NFL that will put the blame on the guys on the field instead of his coaching staff. And that is, I mean, that is as concerning as it gets, but he is, in my opinion, he's doing this intentionally. In my opinion, he is, he knows what the issue is. He knows what everybody wants him to say. He knows how much everybody wants Matt Canada fired. He knows, he knows what the outside noise is. And he has run out of ways to defend it. So he just has to avoid it as much as humanly possible. And I think it's, I mean, I think it's an issue. Is this the first time? I mean, at this point in my, in my experience, it is I've, I've gone to, I've walked outside, taken the trash out and neighbors have stopped me to talk to me and tell me how this is the first time they're giving up on Mike Tomlin. I've had people come up to me in the gym in the last two days and tell me that this is the first time that they will no longer watch the Pittsburgh Steelers because of Mike Tomlin. And they believe Mike Tomlin's time is done and he's, he's washed social media is exploding right now. in Mike Tomlin criticism, is this the first time? Like, is, is this low, the lowest point Mike Tomlin has ever hit in his career because of what he's trying to do with Matt Cannon? Nick, I think this is a good question for you. You've been a lifelong Steelers fan. Is this the lowest point you've seen when it comes to the fan base and their thoughts on the head coach? I would say so, because this is getting to the point of just absolute insanity with trying the same things over and over again with this offense, but more so like, I don't quite know if Tomlin is, is trying to give the media something to bite on. And no, I no, like I don't think they are. I, f- I, I feel I feel like he is just trying to deflect at this point. Yes. And not because he doesn't see the problem. He just has to deflect at that point because, yes. you know, we saw similar things a little bit with John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson last year. And he constantly was just deflecting about that whole situation. And then eventually they ended up having to get rid of their offensive coordinator to try and appease Lamar to bring him back and then bringing all these receivers in, you know, stuff like that, like was a major change. And it was, you know, Harbaugh was on the hearts on the hot seat. He was one and he's one of like one of the few Super Bowl winning coaches in the league right now. And I think Tomlin is going to feel some of that same pressure because of what's going on with Canada and the fact is they need to hire if they're going to hire someone from outside the organization well first off they have to do it <laughs> yeah. and also like they have to look at the best offenses in the league Miami um go to like San Francisco San Francisco like it's it's the Shanahan tree Sean McVay and what he's done Shane Waldron in Seattle and 
and his uh, disciple Dave Canales down in Tampa Bay. Like it's there's a lot of good places to look for offensive minds, for young offensive minds that are understanding how the game is changing. And right now, that's what this team needs. It needs someone that can bring life and creativity into this offense. Right now, they do not have it. And it's why everything is just looked so broken. It's not just, you know, the offensive design that's breaking down at this point. It's Kenny Pickett. He's playing, he's playing with so many bad habits right now that it's compounding all the other issues. And then you have George Pickens right now, who is O of eight on contested catch opportunities this season, according to pro football focus. That's that was his like specialty. And Mm -hmm. when things like that are just not working and then you're pointing everywhere else, there is no other culprit. It's a broken offense, broken offense. You have to cut out the main issue for things to heal. And Mm -hmm. if it, and if it's not allowed to heal, then it's just going to persist all season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Steven, is this, uh, you look at Kenny Pickett. Okay. Cause you haven't been a lifelong Steelers fan. So you have a hard time analyzing if this is, you know, and you're, you're a Bill Belichick fan. You're, you're somewhat in the same, in the same boat, you know, where like a head coach who had a lot of success, doesn't have the same success these days. You, you're, you're a Belichick defender. I've made the comment to you jokingly and, you know, definitely serious, but jokingly of it was Brady. Brady was the reason that they were so good. It was all Brady. And you're like, no, no, it was not. Is, can you tie that to Tomlin? Can you say at some point you have to look at him and say, you are a great coach who can't seem to redo it? You know, do you look at Belichick that way? Do you look at Belichick as a guy who can't seem to redo it? Do you look at Tomlin in the same light? Well, I I think it's similar to Belichick in that you look at the people around him and think, okay, you've made you've made some questionable personnel decisions and now you can't seem to let go of them. Yes. Uh, And that and that has really that has doomed you, you know, like that has that has really undone a lot of the the goodwill that you created when you were, you know, winning a lot. Um, I think about, you know adding Matt Patricia as your offensive coordinator when that was he had no experience as an offensive play caller. And yeah. you just thought, eh, this will work. And if not, you know, Joe Judge will do it too. And they'll, and they'll tag team the, the operation as well. And they just couldn't, eventually they did let go. Um, and they, I mean, I think they, you know, they got a real offensive coordinator in there, but you, you just look at it. It becomes less about the actual football of it and more about the, the people that you attach yourselves to and the, I don't know. It's. It, I think at at a certain point it becomes the willingness to admit that you were wrong and that yes. you maybe made a poor decision, and move on from there for the the benefit of everybody else. Um, and whether or not you're willing to do that, I think determines whether or not you can kind of revive what you had when you were were winning a lot and when you were you know one of the you know Tomlin's still one of the better coaches in the league, one of the more revered guys in the league, but. He's going to lose that that shine a little bit the longer that I think he holds on to some of these mistakes that he's made already. Do you think that do you think that he sees Canada as a problem? Do you think that he like in his head he sees that? I, I it's hard to tell um, because this guy obviously isn't putting out his his most honest face every time that he talks to us. But yeah, um, he has to right. He has to know that there's there's some level of a problem here. Um, I, I just. 
I just don't know, like, when you think about him, the way he might prioritize these problems. Like, he might think about Kenny first and then think about, you know, physicality, or physicality first, then Kenny, then, you know, Canada could be way down on his list of things that are wrong with this team right now. Um, but there's no way that you can't see it as a problem, period. Like, it's got to be there. I think the question is just where in kind of that hierarchy Matt Canada lands. Let's talk Kenny Pickett. He's going to play Sunday, or he has a chance to play Sunday. If I had to guess, he's going to play Sunday. Nick, you look at Kenny Pickett. How screwed is this kid? You know, how how in trouble is he right now? Because you just talked about his bad habits. You just talked about how he's developing all these poor tendencies. We've seen him. It, the digression from last year to this year is so extreme. It's crazy. And what happened in the preseason, I have no idea where it went to. How in trouble is Kenny Pickett? How quickly do you have to reverse the tide before it becomes an issue where you're Zach Wilson or your whoever you can name a dozen first round quarterbacks who didn't work out? How quickly do you have to reverse the tide before that's the Pittsburgh Steelers and they're in that same boat? Well, I can't see any plausible reason to bench Kenny Pickett this season. You have to. No, just no. Yeah, the, you got to rock with him. You got to ride the storm. Be like, at that point, but this next quarterback class, this next one, they have, there's going to be upperclassmen that are going, that's going to be very deep within. And that's not even counting the underclassmen that could potentially declare. So it gives that potential quarterback class, a really good floor of guys that might have some exploring to do if you're the Steelers. And I'm not saying, you know, move on from Kenny Pickett. I'm saying, Give him competition and make it, you know, make it clear that, you know, it's not his job. It's, it's something he has to keep working for. And it's not that I don't think Kenny's working at it. I think he works very hard. I just, we have to look at all the things that that's wrong with him mechanically ever and just habit wise and just say to ourselves, can this be fixed? And I just don't know right now. I, I just, I don't, it's very hard to say. And a lot of times, you know, some of these quarterbacks, people give up on them a little too soon and maybe they'll find life outside of a new system. And sometimes that's what they need is a change of scenery. Look at yeah. Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay right now. True. Like past season, actually Pat, last year when he was playing with Sean McVay, he was playing his best ball in years. And now he's doing it again with a good offensive system. Like there's definitely a path to success for Kenny. It's just that he needs, he needs offensive. He needs offensive integrity within the core, the coordination of it. And the fact that we just don't have it, it is just compounding every single issue with him. And it is making it that much worse. And I just don't know if it's fixable at this point. And I just think you have to, you have to change something at offensive coordinator. Like the bye week is coming up. I know this is this is not like the the first time ever that a coordinator has been fired partway through the season or no. this early in the season. There are definitely ways you can progress your offense. And here's the thing: even if you have some of Canada's play designs. As much as I don't like much of his offense, there's still a way you can sequence it better and it would work out a lot better for this offense as a whole. And if 
you know, let's say Mike Sullivan understands it a little bit more. That's a, that's still a net gain. And that's still something you want to work with. Yes, I agree. I'm, my thoughts, I look at it like this, like the Steelers reason for not firing Matt Canada right now seemingly is just, well, we don't do that. That's not what we, that's not the Pittsburgh Steelers way. We heard it with Randy Feekner. We heard it with Todd Haley. We heard it with everybody. The Pittsburgh Steelers do not fire coordinators. That's not what they do. Not in the middle of the season. Not really at all. At this point, if you fired Matt Canada, you have taken, you have, you've, like the integrity, you have missed the point completely. The integrity that you are trying to hold on to as an organization to say, we do not fire coordinators. We stick to this standard is actually eating itself. You are, it's no longer integrity. It is just blindness. And if you changed it, I think everybody looks at it the complete opposite way of what you feel as an organization. They're going to look at it as they're going to look at it. I think the Steelers, I think Art Rooney, I think Mike Tomlin, I think Omar Khan, I think the entire everybody there looks at it and goes, that's a failure. If we fire Matt Canada, we chalk it up as a failure. I think the fan base, I think the media, I think everybody involved on the outside of that organization will look at it as, wow, the Pittsburgh Steelers finally took a step forward and this is a victory, not a failure. It's a victory. You messed up. It is what it is. You move on. You you were smart enough to put your integrity to the side, to put your pride to the side, and it works out in your favor. I think that the way they think we're all going to perceive it is the complete opposite of how we will actually perceive it from the outside. And I think that's uh, I think that's where they stand. Stephen, you think uh, you think Kenny Pickett gets benched, or do you think that Matt Canada gets fired? What comes first? Ooh, that's a good one. Well, look, I've always kind of been of the thought that I'll believe it when I see it, it you know, as far as Matt Canada getting fired. Like, I don't – does not seem likely at all. Yep. So in that vein, like, Kenny getting benched is probably much more likely, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and that doesn't seem likely at all to me. Uh, that seems like re- – that would be a really short-sighted move on my part. But I don't know. The lengths of the which they've gone to defend Matt Canada, it's hard to imagine him – getting fired anytime soon I guess I mean I guess you could think about it this way Kenny's probably not going to get benched this season and Matt Canada could get fired at the end of the year so I think that's the that's really how it would happen um but no I like it's I I think about it in this way like you are kind of attached to Kenny I think longer than you are attached to Matt Canada so if you are going to make either one of those moves. I don't understand why benching Kenny would be the one that you would make. I don't see how that helps anyone. Um, Nick, Oops, sorry. Uh, Nick, you good? Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nick, you got thoughts on this? Um, I mean, I, I just can't really see benching Kenny Pickett at this point. I It just wouldn't make sense because we know what Mitch Trubisky is. We understand what Mason Rudolph is. <laughs> We didn't know what Josh Dobbs was apparently because he's balling in in Arizona right now. And you know, I've said it before, but I just don't think this this staff, no matter who was involved in the past of drafting quarterbacks, knew how to evaluate the situation because 
I constantly saw Ben Roethlisberger stand up for a guy like Josh Dobbs, and Dobbs never got his opportunity at all in Pittsburgh. And it rubbed me the wrong way, and I didn't understand how Mason Rudolph was ahead of him for the longest time. It just, it befuddles me. And, (laughs) you know, I also think about the fact that they drafted Mason Rudolph in the third round, and they could have had Lamar Jackson in the first round that year. Just decisions that baffle me to this day and just makes me question their ability to evaluate quarterbacks. Their ability to, to evaluate a lot of things. I mean, that's the that's the biggest knock on the Pittsburgh Steelers and it has been on Mike Tomlin, but, you know, also, like, I think Omar Khan changed his tides a little bit, but Kevin Colbert near the end there was struggling a lot with that. But Mike Tomlin's biggest knock is, I mean, you stick with guys too long, and when it comes to evaluating these key positions, he struggles with a lot. He's great at finding T.J. Watt. He'll go find T.J. Watt all day long, but he can't find a quarterback, and he can't find a corner, and, you know, he just he – strugg- he, honestly, like, you could put it all up there and say he's found two wide receivers out of the dozen that he brought in because – all those guys, they worked out to a degree and then didn't work out. And I think you start adding that to the list, too. Like Tomlin's Tomlin's overall trajectory of things definitely 100% has gone downhill. I think there's also a belief that they are they are the Pittsburgh Steelers and they can develop anyone, you know, yes. like that they can make stars out of at a, at a they can find the diamonds in the rough better than than anyone else. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's not true. Uh, sometimes at premium positions, you have to use premium picks on them. Uh, you know, like you think about how Broderick Jones is the first time in over a year that they've drafted an offensive lineman or in over 10 years, excuse me, yeah. uh, that they've drafted an offensive lineman in the first round. Um, it, it, they, it, they just, I think, believe that they can develop anyone when when that's not always true. You need superstars to 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 be superstars and you need that that talent to be there from the jump. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, let's talk two rookies getting starters here before we head out. Darnell Washington and Broderick Jones. Chances are they're going to start this week. Dan Moore's already been ruled out. Pat Fryermuth is doubtful with a hamstring injury, expected to miss two to three weeks. I mean, we'll start here, okay? The Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin used the fact that they went for it on fourth and one out of shotgun against the Houston Texans in a game that at that point was ten was a 10-point game, could easily get back into... I mean, you kick a field goal and it's a one point game, but we don't have to talk about that one. You go for it on fourth and one, you line up in shotgun. Kenny Pickett gets hurt. It's Kenny Pickett's fault. He got hurt. I'm, he ran into that sack. I'll give that every time. But the excuse Mike Tomlin used yesterday was, well, James Daniels and Pat Fryermuth and Dan Moore Jr. were not on the field and therefore we couldn't go big and we couldn't run the football. We had no confidence. I don't know if everybody remembers. Apparently, Mike Tomlin does not. He totally forgot that when he drafted Broderick Jones, he was known as a dominant run blocker, still struggling as a pass blocker. Totally forgot that one. Darnell Washington, I sat there in the draft room when the first question asked about this guy was, heard he was pretty much a left tackle. And then all they Alfredo Roberts went off. It was just like, oh, yeah, man, this guy could block could block a wall you could you could block a train and those two on the field well sorry pal can't run the football with those two on the field they're just too tiny compared to Pat Fryermuth who has struggled all season long and Dan Moore Jr who has struggled all season long that being said those two will get to start this week 
your expectations. What are you looking for out of these two uh, in their first starts in the NFL? Nick, we'll start with you. Uh, for me, I mean, I just want to see these guys get on the move and just block guys at the second level because that's what they were brought in to do. For uh, the big thing with Darnell Washington as a blocker um, compared to Pat Fryermuth was just there's just a difference in in functional strength more than anything, and that is why he was able to dominate guys in college. But there's an aspect of his game he still needs to work on. It's like his hand placement, yes, you know, not ducking his head on contact. There's he, he tends to be a little wide with his hands. Like it's something that he has to work on. He has to hit his landmark more consistently, but you know, that's, that's better for like inline blocking. And a lot of times they have him blocking in line and they're asking him to do a little bit too much. If you want me, my opinion on it early on and for like a, just being asked as a blocker, but get him on the move, get him in front of linebacker. And I'm sure he's going to want to like, you know, he's going to want to, to, to lay a guy out. Like he wants mm-hmm. to do that. And why not do that with him? Like, that's just something that they need to try and do more of. And Roderick Jones was a lot, a, a lot of the same way. Like when it came to him, he was a bit of a two hand striker with his punch and pass protection, which tends to leave him vulnerable to outside rushes. So he's definitely a guy who needs more work and pass protection, but I'll tell you this right now. He definitely didn't give up the, the sack that happened on fourth and one. That no. was Kenny Pickett rolling himself into pressure. But I digress in that. But, you know, Roger Jones, get him on the move. Mm-hmm. Darnell Washington, get him on the move. That's how you use him as run blockers. It's really not that it's really not rocket science with with both of them. And I just think it's crazy. I Like Dan Moore and Pat Fryermuth are good are like. Pat Fryermuth is a good player, especially yeah. as a receiver. But as a blocker, he is very underwhelming in that regard. And I just think it is crazy to me that his injury is the reason you go out in fourth and one in shotgun formation. And yes, I know Kenny Pickett has the backside dig open and he scrambled out and he didn't see it. But give yourself more options. Make the defense yeah. like think more about it like under center in that situation especially like the fact you were you know Pickett was known as one of the best QB sneak guys in college and the fact that they were running the ball so well that drive it just made no sense to to go away from that in that moment especially like I just don't get how Dan Moore and Pat Fryermuth going out affected that decision at all it just it, that one baffled me way more than the padded practice one. <laughs> yes, yes, that one, uh, that one got me too. As soon as he said it, I went, "Do you know who your players are? Do you do do you know anything about Pat Fryermuth? Have you watched him for three years? What are you doing?" All right, Steve, what are you looking for this weekend? Um, well, you know, quite honestly, like if they can't run the football with Darnell and Washington and Broderick Jones in there, they don't really have a hope of of winning that game on yeah. Sunday. Um, which I think is the most concerning thing. I think that came out of came out of I mean at least moving forward the most concerning thing that came out of that press conference from Mike Tomlin is that if they don't trust these guys to to be physical at the point of the attack and and help them run the ball that's that's really really concerning so that's what I'm looking for is like how much do they trust these guys are they going to run to their side at all like are they going to use you know Darnell and Broderick to to clear the way for for Najee or Jalen um that's what I'm looking for um I I think the pass protection is going to be the pass protection. It's not going to be very good. Um, and that's just 
that's just going to happen. I think that's a given. But will they be able to run the ball? Will Najee have the same kind of game? Because he had a good game against Houston. He, he played really well. Um, which again, you know, feeds the weird, the weird decision on fourth and one. Why you're, why you took your your guy who was having his best game out of the out of the biggest play of the game. That was a little weird to me as well. Um, but yeah, that's that, that's what I'm looking for. Is how much do they trust these guys in this spot? Is are they actually confident in these guys, or is this a look? We got to throw you in now. Yeah, I uh, I will say I don't have much faith that they're going to have faith in these guys. I think that they're going to try to avoid them at all costs. But I think it's going to pay uh, it's going to pay dividends. It's going to bite them in the butt. I think that they're going to do a lot of really poor moves, like run the ball to Chooks' side and try to work that side of the field and. I mean, I could even see I wouldn't I wouldn't even doubt it if Connor Hayward lines up as an inline blocker and they run the football to his side. I really wouldn't. I just wouldn't. That's just that's where we are with the Pittsburgh Steelers and their offense. Um, But I agree. I think you have to show faith in them. I think what I'm looking for is I could care less if Darnell Washington catches a football could care less. I just want to see him block block anybody. I want to see him block linebackers. I want to see him block at the second level. I want to see Broderick Jones be athletic because He's way more athletic than Dan Moore Jr. Utilize it. You know, you got Isaac Siamalu next to him, who's uh, for as scary and big as he is, he can move. You know, he comes from an offensive line where they moved a lot. Like you can move. Stop using Mason Cole as your athletic guy and start to use your actual athletic guys. And maybe, maybe things will work. But again, like I said, I have no faith that that is actually going to happen. We'll find out on Sunday, but we'll see. With that said, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk, and find us anywhere you get your podcast. Nick just dropped a fantastic film review on allsteelers.com. Make sure to go check that one out and find all of our pick coverage at insidethepanthers.com. We will be back on Friday. Enjoy another beautiful day in the Berg. Peace.